Welcome to episode number 65 of the Keep Up Podcast. Where we kick you in the teeth. Hey! Um, episode number 65. Welcome to the Keep Up. My name's Brett. My name is Tim. Um, you just went with your real name this time. Yeah, I, I was feeling Frank and Beans, but you said Brett, so I yeah. look like an idiot. Yeah, you, uh, I mean, you just kept it uniform. Yeah. Follow the leader. And count the ducks that are hatching before you. Don't put all your ducks in a row, because the basket of eggs will hatch in the moonlight. I like that. Thanks. That really, um, that spoke to me. Yeah. What is your definition of a pinky swear? Um, like, you want me to tell you how it works? Just what do you think? Or are you asking me if I put any value on a pinky swear? It, is it more valuable than just a promise? I like pinky promise, but I think that's because I'm a huge fan of alliterations. So if it was a powerful pinky promise... Oh, man. If it was a... So effective. Powerful, petite, pinky promise. Mm-hmm. If it was a piggy, powerful, petite, pinky promise. Yep. If it was a popcorny, powerful, petite... All right, no. <laughs> I'm not letting you get away with popcorny. Come on, popcorny? That's the no. action of movie jokes. What? You've never been popcorny before? Popcorny? That sounds like an adjective. It's a verb. Not an action. It's what you do. What is this conversation? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't said that for a while. Oh. I feel like I used to say, what is this conversation a lot on the podcast? I mean, that is every podcast ever. You speaking, don't even have to... speaking of every podcast, mm-hmm. you don't even have to what? Go ahead, finish your sentence. I was going to say, you don't even have to say it because people know what they're getting into. Mm. You know, we are initially pop culture. Yeah. Then you changed us to comedy. I just... And now we're just nothing. Now we're... Or everything. Everything. Nothing sounds worse. Nothing sounds way worse. Yeah. Nothing. Who would come to a podcast to listen to nothing? I don't know. But sometimes that's kind of what our podcast is like. That could be a pretty easy podcast to edit. The nothing cast? Mm-hmm. The not cast? Yes. Well, pod isn't a word for talking. I'm not... I mean, it's not like... It's supposed to be like a replacement. Oh, okay. Just if it's nothing, so it's, it's a, not. It's not. Right? Like a tying knot. Yep. Okay. K knot. K knot. The cannot cast. The cannot cast. That's not what we are, though. <laughs> no, it's not. I realize it's funny because the way that our podcast starts now, we just talk for a while and then we go into stupid questions, mm-hmm. um, which is, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> and uh, so if people don't know, they just have to wait a while to see. Well, I guess not. That is part of our podcast now. Yeah. Yeah. I think but, like, it's... the pop culture element gets like. Pushed to the side. Right. Yeah, it gets pushed away. Mm. I think because the entertainment value will keep them there with this stupid question. Like, I want to know where, right. where this guy's going with this. Right. Where's he going with it? And we're going to pop culture land. Yeah. Yeah. It's Eventually, though, it's the scenic route. Right. You do have to see a lot of beautiful things on the way. Right. Um, I just itched my throat with my tongue, and I don't know if it picked up on the mic. I mean, I heard it mm-hmm. in real life. 
I don't know. These mic mics can pick up a lot of. They things. They can pick up a lot of things. I pick it up a lot of the things. Pick it up a lot of things. Well, I don't really have a stupid question this week. I you just don't? Have, well, I have a question. It's not stupid though. It's like it's a real question. Okay. Well, I have to ask you one thing yes. before I ask you another thing. Okay. The first thing is. Is it a stupid question or not? Because if not, I'm not going to put the transition in. I don't think it's stupid. It's it's more of a real question. Okay. It's one to get everyone thinking. Then I have another question. Should I ask it now or after this question that you're going to ask? Yes. Okay. What is your goal when we do stupid questions? <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea initially is for comedy purposes. Yeah. Um, but also, I like to ask the questions that people are just too afraid to ask. Too afraid to ask. That's the idea. Like, it's it's something that people are either sitting at a coffee shop or petting a dog, and they're right. like, why do dogs have teeth sharper than ours? Mm. And then, you know, we just kind of go from there. But they don't want to just ask the person next to them. Yeah, they can't ask the dog, obviously. Right. Or the coffee they're drinking. Exactly. And I know you're a smart guy, so I like to hear your opinion on mm. it. You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I want to get everyone else thinking. Yeah. Because maybe they never thought of it before. So you ask the tough questions. I do. Right. I do it. I, I really do it for you guys. You know, I take the bullet for the team. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't trust the internet. And uh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say on behalf of uh, the Keep Up listenership, thank you. Yeah. You're you welcome. Um, all right. What's your question? <laughs> so it's not stupid. Not like stupid. I say. Hey, for stupid questions, if this is your first time, go back to like any other episode. I know. When did we start? I don't know. Questions? Go back to a recent episode because. Stupid questions have been pretty steady on this podcast. Yeah, I like to bring them every week now. Yeah. <laughs> it gets it gets the, the ball rolling. but It does roll the ball. Yeah, this one I didn't really have one other than this, and I thought maybe it could fall in, but it's not stupid enough. Nah. So. Nah. Um, so recently there's been like a little controversy in the uh, gaming realm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to reviewing games, because a lot of the times the people t- that review games... Yeah. Um, are not entirely interested in that genre of games. Okay. So do you think people who are interested in said genre of game should review it, or do you think it should be a neutral part party that has nothing, like, no attached? Where's the attachment? controversy? So with Destiny 2, yeah. um, when the, or no, it was Cuphead, actually. Destiny 2 followed after. But Cuphead, uh, it's a super difficult uh, platform that's coming out on Xbox. Okay. And the game reviewer could not get past the tutorial like it's a simple jump it's a, a jump that a lot of people who play games would know how to do it's like a double jump into that um, okay so in the tutorial it shows in the background how to perform the jump and the buttons guy couldn't do it for like 10 minutes he's sitting there jumping 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 and he couldn't make the jump so a lot of people are like okay is this guy even like legitimate is he right. how can he review a game if he can't even play the oh, game oh i see so that led me to think like maybe it's better that someone who can't who doesn't play games should review a game. But then again, they're not knowledgeable on the subject. So why? I feel like it's got to depend on. So I feel like, all right, my first thought is Mm -hmm. if you're, what's the point of looking up a review on the consumer side? And then what's the point of posting a review on the side of the reviewer? So like if we had a channel or like a platform, whether it's uh, written or video or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the point was to review something that we knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. Like when we did the Dungeons and Dragons unboxing. Uh, Unboxing, yeah. People got mad at us because we didn't know what we were talking about, Mm -hmm. but that's part of why we did it. Right. So like... To have like an average look. 
Yeah, just like just like a casual look at something that we weren't super familiar with, mm-hmm. other than we like like sculpts and they were sweet action figures mm-hmm. and they looked cool. So that's like why we did it. Right. But if you have if you're reviewing something, like I guess to answer my own questions, like if we're looking up a review of a game, we want to know from the perspective of someone who likes to play games and regularly plays them. Mm-hmm. And you would think they'd know how to get past like a tutorial. Right, right. And if they couldn't, and if, it was someone you trusted, right. like like you've seen them do other reviews, mm-hmm. then it means something completely different. Then it's like, oh, this game's broken. Right. If that guy who plays games all the time right. couldn't get past it. Yeah, I don't know the history of the guy. Um, but you want someone who's knowledgeable to review. Like, I've heard reviews from people. There are a couple of podcasts I've listened to before, and I really like the host and the content of the podcast, and they'll occasionally, like, review a movie. Mm-hmm. And I've learned over time that I just don't, like I don't gel with this particular person's review of movies because I'm almost always on the opposite end. Right. And he'll be I hate this movie. I don't like these type of movies. I don't like these type of movies. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, what? Like these are great right. movies. So I've just learned that while I like that host and I like their content, mm-hmm. when they're reviewing movies, I'm like, meh. Yeah, it's just like you just yeah. goes over your head, but basically because you don't want to yeah. talk to them about it or listen to them. Yeah, know? like I just know we're not on the same page. Right. So I guess what's the question? Should Is there value in someone who like isn't a gamer reviewing a game? Yeah, or? like would it be better for someone who doesn't play games regularly to get a better understanding of the game? See, no, I mean, even me asking that question, I'm like, nah. I feel, yeah, there's not really a, unless, so that's my point on the reviewer's end. Like, if Mm -hmm. the point, let's say you and I have never played a video game, then it might be fun to, like, start a channel or a platform Mm -hmm. as, like, hey, we're not gamers, but video games are, like, a huge thing in our culture, so we're going to, like, try a new video game every week and film us trying to figure out how to do That's it. That's a real cool idea. You I know wish, what I mean? I wish we don't play games I know, so we could do right? that. <laughs> we should find something we know nothing about. My Little Pony. I know a little bit too much about it. Shoot. I know. Okay. Hey. But that's a cool idea. I do like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that would serve a certain purpose. And then Mm -hmm. we would probably watch it, especially if you are a gamer, you would probably... That channel would actually be for gamers to watch non-gamers. Right, to see, like... Yeah, to see how they adjust to a gaming culture. Because, like, Rachel, my wife can't play video games because it stresses her out too Mm -hmm. much. (laughs) And, like, if you hand her a controller... She lasts a couple minutes and is like, there are too many buttons. I don't know how you do this. <laughs> Take this away from me. So you got to start her easier, like NES, because that's only yeah. A, B. Or like she's... Do they even have triggers uh, on NES? No. No. Wow, that's crazy. No, A, B, and D-pad. Yeah. And then start and select, but... How come there's no C button? You go A, B, and then D-pad. There should be a C button in there somewhere. Although yeah. D just stands for directional, so... There you go. But I just... I was like, A, B... D. <laughs> C-pad. Maybe start started with a C. It didn't. No. Um, so, yeah, like, she's played some app games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a channel where, that's how we can do it, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> You've been chosen. Oh, man. Um, Are we so, close to the wall, by the way? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so there would be value in having someone who doesn't know anything about a certain subject reviewing mm-hmm. it, but it would be for a completely different purpose than getting an actual you, like quality review. Yeah, like from IGN, Game Informer, from right. an actual source yeah. that you expect the news. Okay. That's how. That's my initial thought. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a good way to look at it because for a completely different purpose, yeah, I'd want someone knowledgeable on the subject 
to review things I'm curious in. So Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. You think that applies to movies? Kind of, because going back to my example, like there's one po- podcaster in particular who I really, really like, and um, he does not like any Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So when, like consistently. So whenever a Marvel movie comes out, I disregard his review. I don't mm-hmm. even really care to listen to it. Not in a negative way. I just know he's listed the things he doesn't like about the MCU, mm-hmm. and they're all the things that I love about it. Oh, so that's frustrating. So I know yeah. that he's not going to like this movie because mm-hmm. it has all the things I love about it. So I kind of disregard that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it applies. Mm-hmm. And um, then from there, do you, because he specifically says, I don't like Marvel movies, do you like not take his word on any movie reviews? No, actually, because there are some movies that we definitely vibe on. Mm-hmm. Like he he'll describe he'll like a certain genre. Like he likes um I don't know. There are definitely other genres. I don't not trust his opinion. Mm-hmm. So but just I guess, when it comes to certain things. And I guess that's with everybody. Like yeah. no one's going to agree on everything no. all the time. Yeah. So um but I felt like, at least as far as movies go, I'd be interested to see someone like who doesn't, who hasn't seen any Marvel movies, go through the whole Marvel universe right. and see what they think about it. You know? Yeah. But that, that, I guess, that leans more towards the YouTube idea where someone who doesn't play yeah. games would. Okay. Okay. Nope. You've convinced me. I you... think that's what I think. <laughs> so it makes sense. So I think in that case, talking about Cuphead, they probably should have gotten someone who actually plays games a lot more. I would think. I would think. I so haven't too. seen it, mm-hmm. but like, but yeah, it's seriously. He's like just talking about the game, and then it's probably like four or five minutes. But he just like didn't pay attention to the background. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's him being an idiot. I don't know if he's never played games before. Like, is he like a popular vlogger? Or uh, whatever? he was from Kotaku. Oh, okay. Um, so other than that, I don't know. Weird. Too yeah, much, I haven't but, seen it. But uh, yeah, it was a big thing people are talking about because now all reviews coming out post <clears throat> that video, everyone's like, oh, this guy's probably not a good gamer. That's why it's a low review. So now people in general, if anything gets low, they're like, oh, it doesn't count because. Oh, interesting. So yeah, like he's lost credibility. Yeah, not just him, all like just anything that reviews has been oh. like in an uproar because they, they're they like, like. Maybe he just sucks. Right. How do we know weird people don't suck at these games? That's super strange. Because in a written format, when there's no video, this guy you know could describe, oh, I couldn't beat this boss because it was so hard. But then as a normal gamer go, gets to that boss, and yeah. like, oh, it was easy. It's easy, yeah. So, but, uh, so it, it brought up the subject like, should we have super experienced players play the game and review or people who don't play, so yeah. it can be a more true score to what the game actually is. Right. So interesting. Yeah, I, I I was surprised to see just such a controversy, and I never thought of it before. Like, yeah. I just assume anybody who reviews is uh, well informed and yeah, knows, you just assume and knows how to review stuff. Well, and that's the the internet thing now is mm-hmm. everybody's reviewing everything. Yeah, like that's why, admittedly, like I'm cautious sometimes on here because I've never wanted to be like the final stop where someone trusts my opinion on an album or a game we played or whatever. Mm-hmm. I more so want people to like listen to our podcast or watch our videos and hang out. Mm-hmm. And it'd be more like, Hey, the, this is our take. Like you get to know us. Mm-hmm. So when we explain like, this is how I felt about this game, you may or may not gel with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But a lot of people who are out there reviewing things it's like they want to be that platform, not to speak for other other um, reviewers or anything, mm-hmm. 
But some are just like, hey, this is what I thought. Others are like, this game is trash. Like, and here's why. Right. And you have to know whether or not that person's legit or not. Because right. everybody can look legit mm-hmm. at this point. You can have a, a website with like a professional graphic and then you could just trash everything you play. Yeah. And people are like, oh, that game might suck. And there's totally people out there who just like will find all the flaws in something. Yeah. And people take their opinions to heart. You know, they'll mm-hmm. see it's like, okay. This guy consistently says everything's bad. He finds all the flaws. Right. Obviously, that's not worth my time because mm-hmm. of all the flaws. And this guy made a video about it or an article right. or whatever. So and there's uh, always been like the thing about critics. Like people are like, oh, I don't listen to the critics. Right. And, and critics exist for a reason. But also, there's some truth to like, I could hate something. You could love that thing. Mm-hmm. So you can only like listen to it for so much value. Yeah. Know? And I generally gauge when I look at critics, I do critics and public opinion yeah. and then like get a mental average, you know, right. I'm like, okay, so it's generally around a six or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, but at least for me personally, I always, always go into a movie open-minded or play a game open-mindedly. Cause I mean, there's, there's gotta be something redeeming about it. People have spent hundreds of hours, thousands so of hours trying to do whatever they're doing. Yeah. So I don't want to discredit them because everyone else says it sucks, you know? I literally, it always feels personal to me. And we've, I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. I know that we have. Like, maybe it's because we, like, create things. Mm -hmm. But I, sometimes that makes it worse for people. But, Mm -hmm. and trust me, there are some things I've seen that I'm like, how did so many people let this slip? We always rag on Mortal Kombat. uh, So (laughs) bad. (laughs) Not the first movie. No, Annihilation. Annihilation. It's terrible. (laughs) And I... I feel a little bit bad, but it it totally deserves it. It deserves it. It's garbage. Sorry. It's garbage. We it's just garbage. talked about this whole thing. And it's funny, like, I say sorry, but my point is it feels like personal. Like, if I watch something that's really bad, I'm like, yeah, that sucked, but a bunch of people made that. So, I, like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So, it, that's funny because that's how I've, people in the past have been like, dude, you're way too easy on movies. Like, you like everything. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't like everything. I just don't want to be a jerk about right, it. Right. Don't want to so, be that guy who's like, like, that scene was awful. Yeah, sorry, man. That's yeah. rough. <laughs> For that one guy that's like, I did everything in that scene. I worked so hard. He's like, one of the few people listening to our podcast. Right. That, so. The guy who made Mortal Kombat. Annihilation. <laughs> yeah. Every week he listens for us to say something if good you, about it. If you're the guy who did the CGI in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I just hope you uh, found a different career path. <laughs> Please. I just, I Actually, mean, that's not fair because around that time, CGI was just Right, he, had, he was working with rocks, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just had to spark them together. Maybe something came out. Catch the right angle. <laughs> that movie sucked so bad. We're not here to talk about bad movies. All right. We're here Anyways. to talk about things we like. What is this? What is that? Is that picking up on the camera? Don't worry about it. There is a massive orange stain on this table. <laughs> is this Cheetos? <laughs> Timmy, this is Cheetos. Why would I be eating Cheetos on a white table? You're always eating Cheetos. It doesn't matter what you're surrounded by. Wow. I'm what offended. You think I always eat Cheetos? Don't act like you're not eating Cheetos right now. Are we done in not stupid questions? Yes, we are done in not stupid questions. All right. Um... TV? TV? Okay. Television! Television? The vision that tells us? All right, we, um... <laughs> Did you get stage fright or something? I'm scared. He's a scared. So I got, I got like a handful of things to talk about, but I didn't take notes or prepare a whole lot. Okay. So we're just going to ride this out and see how it goes. That's, I mean, that's my life. First thing, because it's pretty quick. Yes. Also, amen, brother. <laughs> um, so anything Netflix 
I usually put in TV. If it's like a Netflix original. Yeah, where else would we you know put it? Well, okay, I'm talking comedy specials. Okay. All right. Uh, it's right, TV. Right. Yeah, it's TV, you know? Netflix kills it with the comedy specials. I'm saying. <laughs> All right, so I have two. Do you watch a lot of stand-up comedy? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Bruh. Bruh. You really need to. Regularly, regularly. Right. right. So uh, I'm going to throw two comedians at you. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched that one that you told me. Which one? No, no, like a long a time ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Was the, it Mike uh, Birbiglia? Yes. 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 I watched another one of his. What mm-hmm. did you think of that? That one was Thank God for Jokes? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty funny. It had a lot of good jokes. Um, some jokes were misses, but that happens all the time. Um, but yeah, it was really enjoyable. I thought... Um, we Did we talk about that on the podcast? We you, br- you brought it up. Okay. I watched it after, and I think we talked about it outside the podcast. Okay. I don't know, but... I th- I'm pretty positive I talked about it on the podcast. But... It was it was good. I remember so, it being good. I watched another one of his. Mm-hmm. Rachel and I watched another one of his. I um shoot, I forget. It was called Yeah, look up my Birbiglia on Netflix. Yeah, let me just I didn't even intend that. to talk about that one, but you br- you brought him up. Mm-hmm. Just Mike B I R B and it'll come up. On um, IMDb or Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Whatever's easier for you. I don't care. I hope I'm signed in. I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> I actually wasn't even going to talk about Mike Birbiglia, but we watched another one recently. I'm not um, And if we didn't talk, I feel like we talked about Thank God for Jokes. But <laughs> we did whole... talk about that on the we podcast. Di- okay, we did. You did for sure. I watched it after. Okay. There was, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as, as I mentioned before, um, if you go back and listen to whatever podcast we talked about that one on, it wasn't that mm-hmm. long ago. But I just love watching comedians to... I've I've paid closer attention to comedy in the past few years as like as an art form not that i didn't recognize it as that prior Mm -hmm. but when you start really focusing in on something like when you when you're watching movies as a kid you're like oh movies are really cool and and if they pique your interest it's just because they're they're fun to watch or whatever Mm -hmm. but then as you get older if you're getting into film you start to like dissect it and be Mm -hmm. like how do they do this like why is this movie better than that one and i've been doing that a lot with comedy the past few years that's interesting way to look at comedy specials you know to like to have that view but on comedy you know it's like i know because the idea behind it is it's i mean it's all the same format it's just filming jokes like for a stand-up thing he did but where are you going with that? So for me, it's it's like I, I've been really analyzing the writing. Mm-hmm. And Mike Brabiglia's specials, he that sentence came out weird. <laughs> 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 it was like it was like <laughs> it was like, you know when uh, someone gets like speed wobble on a skateboard and mm-hmm. they, they're going really fast and then they start to wobble a little bit and then it goes out of control. <laughs> the speed wobbles that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what that sentence felt like. Like Mike Brabiglia special. <laughs> um Anyways, his specials oh. always have... Was it a newer one or older one? I actually don't know. Because his most recent one is Thank God for Jokes. Yeah, okay, so it must have been um, older. There's one called What's Next. Let me see. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I wasn't signed into Netflix, so I'm on IMDb. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. What the... Oh, this has too many things on it, Tim. And plus, you don't... My girlfriend's get... boyfriend. My... Isn't that him? You gotta watch. Okay. <laughs> so he always has these like huge overarching, overarching, over. I like arcing. Or. Yeah, I do. Too. Archangel or archangel? Archangel. Same these. Yeah. Um, <laughs> overarching uh, themes mm-hmm. to his specials, whereas other comedians um, just have like 
they have sections, you know, or they're the one-liners or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sure we talked about this before, but his specials, like I've only, this is, uh, this will be the third one. Uh, one I've listened to these two, um, I watched on Netflix and the way that he weaves his stories are unbelievable to me because, mm -hmm. um, the ways, the way that he weaves his stories. You can't second guess yourself because that's my job. You're not many. allowed to. <laughs> there may have been awkward articles in that sentence. Um, it sounded right. The way he been. weaves. It depends whether I said way or ways. The way. Here are, the, here are my two way. options. Uh -huh. The way he weaves his stories is, and then whatever I said, right. or the, the ways way. he weaves his stories are. are freaking English language. Yeah, I know, right? Um Whatever he does is great. Yes. And, uh, you know, he, he, he does this thing where you forget about the initial story that he's telling because mm -hmm. he moves into another one and it's so captivating and hilarious. And then he will just, without even a transition, mm -hmm. sometimes there's a transition, but you don't even know it is until you're back into the other story. Right, right. So it's just very, like, um, intricate, the way mm -hmm. that he tells his stories. And he ends on, like this thing that wraps everything up nicely and it's so impressive yeah like, he did that in standpoint. a um thank god for uh jokes for jokes he, yeah yeah because he like throughout the whole special he was setting up nice oh you oh, got it oh. brutal put it on the uh the orange stain which we found out was hot sauce shut up oh, um mosquito corpse oh uh, um so death metal band uh ooh, that's Sexy. It's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> so thank God for jokes. Yes, he uh, he told a bunch of stories like you were saying throughout mm -hmm. the thing, and how he wraps it up is so like fast how he did it because he like connects one point to another right. point to another point, and then the whole joke at the end is like a joke he started at the beginning of right. the thing, and you like you said you don't remember. But somehow, magically, you're like, oh, yeah, he said that beginning right. to that joke at the beginning. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I only saw one special, but that was awesome how he did that. Right. So that's why I bring it up again, because also in this one, um, my girlfriend's boyfriend, it's like, he does that a lot where he'll start a story. It's really funny. He moves into something else. You almost forget about that other one. And then he brings it back and mm -hmm. it's all tied together. And it's like so well written. <laughs> so it's so good. So Mike Brabiglia. Mike yeah, that guy. Brabiglia is so great. Um, and... I also, I think, I can't figure out who my favorite comedian is. It's either him mm -hmm. or... Dane Cook. Chris D'Elia. Yeah, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had been listening to... Uh, the first time I ever saw Chris D'Elia was in a very short-lived sitcom called Whitney, which starred Whitney Cummings um, and, and Chris D'Elia. Mm -hmm. Came out, uh, I don't know. 2004. I don't think it was that long ago. I think it was the early 2000 teens would be my guess. Um, I'm going to say, all right, make a guess. All right. Uh, I guess I should just stick. But you said teens. What year is it? I'm going to say 2012. I'm going to say 2014. Why am I not signed in? Because. What did you say? 2014? Yep. Uh, You're not ready to Whitney. 2011 this. to 2013. Close. I win. You do. <laughs> Um, that was the first time I ever saw him. We only mm -hmm. watched a couple episodes. It did not last very long. Um, and then recently, I forget where he... Oh, it might have been... I was listening to like comedy, like some radio station that I started on Spotify or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he came up and I was like, ah, oh, I remember this dude. Um, maybe it was a Facebook video. It was like a clip 
or whatever. So I was I looked him up on Spotify and mm-hmm. listened to his album. Um, Which may I add, how cool is that that you oh, can listen to comedy best. sketches? It on, is or the best sketches, comedy shows on yeah on Spotify like full albums. Yeah, yeah, it's so great. Mm-hmm. I've used it a ton for that. Um, <clears throat> and I listened to the album. It's called uh, I believe it's called White Male Black Comic, and it is hilarious. I was listening to it. I listened to it multiple times. The first time in a long time that I've listened to a comedy album like three times straight through. That's pretty funny. And what it is about him, um, especially like, I, you know, I can use because Mike Birbiglia um, is so intricately written, mm-hmm. whereas what I love about Chris D'Elia, and it's just different. I'm not saying I like one or the other better, but what drew me to uh, Chris D'Elia is it's like he's just goofing around with his friends when he delivers stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of his signature things is he laughs at his own jokes all the time. (laughs) So like he'll be in the middle of delivering a joke and he'll start laughing at it. But that's like his thing. And when he starts laughing, um, the crowd starts laughing, especially if you know his comedy, because Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, he's doing the thing. He's doing the (laughs) thing that he does. And the other thing he does is he will start his jokes like three times sometimes before he gets to it. <laughs> and he'll be like, yo, like, you know when, yo, okay, yeah, all right, all right, yo, all right, all right, here's a, yo, all right. <laughs> and he'll do that over and over again. And it's like he's just telling these stories, these jokes, like he's just hanging out in a living room with you or whatever. But it's so endearing in his mm-hmm. comedy. And he does have, um, well, to talk about some specials in particular, there are two on Netflix. One is called Incorrigible, mm-hmm. and the other one is Man on Fire. Man on Fire just came out this year, um, and uh, it's so great. And specifically in Man on Fire, he has uh, a pretty negative outlook on a lot of things, mm-hmm. and that's where the source of a lot of his jokes come fr- comes from. And um, near the end, he like ties things up in a way that's like all of this negative stuff I've been talking about, like I had an experience recently where I realized like maybe it's okay. Like the whole, the whole theme of the show is like, you are not the star. Like nobody, like you're not the star of your own movie. Everyone Mm -hmm. feels like they are, but you're not. And then at the end he references, I don't, it almost feels like spoiling it to say how he brings, brings the show home. But they're they're both really really great. I would recommend watching watching both of them and mm-hmm. definitely listening to uh, uh, White Male Black Comic. I hope that's right. Um, he only has one album that I know of, mm-hmm. but those two specials are on Netflix. Um, definitely go watch them. He's <clears throat> he also does like he goes on these really like long bits where he'll drag out something super goofy. Like he does this one about if uh, football teams were actually what they were called. So if you went to a football game and it was actually bears versus lions. Oh my God. How sick would that right? be? Right. And he drags that out for a little while and it's so funny. And then afterwards he makes a joke about how he knows how goofy that is. Mm-hmm. And so it's all this like, it's very like self self referential where mm-hmm. he's like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know you guys know like when I can't sometimes he can't get through one of his own jokes because he's laughing so hard at it. And those are the funniest moments. That's so it's like uh Saturday Night Live when they break character. Exactly. And that yes. is the best. Yeah, and it's when he does he has a couple signature things, like when he does kids' voices. Um, he has this really unique way of acting <laughs> like a child that doesn't really make sense, but when he does it, you know it's his kid voice. 
And those are like my favorite parts. Does he like talk like an adult, but in a child? Kind of. (laughs) Like his, the way he does it, I like, I could imitate it because I, it's, we've been quoting it a lot in my house lately. (laughs) Um, but it's just very like, you're watching it and you're like, I don't know why that's his kid voice. (laughs) Like it's one of those, you know what I mean? What was he like as a kid, you know? Uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so it's it's really, really great. Chris uh, Man on Fire and Incorrigible. Um, they're both really funny, um, Definitely uh, R-rated comic, so heads that's up fine. I mean, to that's the only good, good comedy. That's <laughs> <laughs> the majority of them. Um, he's really, really funny, and I've been loving him lately. And mm-hmm. I think, I think he's my favorite comedian. Wow. Uh, he and Mike Birbiglia, like, but their styles are so different. Right. That's great. Uh, and and that's why I, you should. Everybody should go watch. Let's see. I'll say watch. Watch them all. <laughs> watch them all for sure. Mm-hmm. But I want people to watch Man on Fire and by Chris D'Elia and um, Thank God for Jokes by Mike Birbiglia. Mm-hmm. Those need to be watched. Those. And that's all they have on Netflix for those guys. No, the well, other two are on. Oh, those four are on there. Okay. okay. Um, there may be more, but I think, I think those are the only two for each of them. But that's the other cool thing. A lot of comedians have multiple specials on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. And they um, are Netflix originals, too, right. which yeah. is interesting. It's cool that yeah. they're picking those up, so... Yeah, dude. So that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely watch both of them. Why not? Yeah, you should, for sure. Um, well, I already watched the Thank God for Jokes, but yes. I watch the other. You got to watch the other Mike Birbiglia. And then the two Chris D'Elia specials mm-hmm. are like two and a half hours total, if you watch the two of them. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, Defenders. Yes. Oh, of course. Did you finish it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whew, I've been dying to talk yeah. about this. Yeah. Okay, I got to pull up my notes. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? All right. Um, I have some questions. We're going to go spoilers here, okay? I okay. It's... Everyone to know we're going to go spoilers. Spoilers. You, you cool with that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you... I have notes that are spoiler-free, but I can go into spoilers. I, yeah, I mean, maybe we don't have to. There's mm-hmm. not a ton of stuff um, that There's we not need a to ton of stuff discuss spoiler-wise, I don't think. I mean... The ending, but I mean... Yeah, but a lot of my... Okay. I know. Where should we start with this? The beginning, I guess. We could just work our way through the series. Sure. Okay. Sure. So, first episode, we'll start there. Yeah. What'd you think? <laughs> I'm not going to go episode to episode, but... We'll Here's <laughs> the hard thing for me. Yes. We watched it, like, so consecutively. Mm-hmm. I ha- I feel like I have overview thoughts because... We watched them all pretty quickly, yep. relatively speaking. I watched it in two sittings. Yeah. Six so, episodes once and then two yeah. the other nights. So. And uh, at this <coughs> point, I finished like a week and a half ago. You've been done for like two weeks. Yeah. Probably uh, more. I finished uh, two days after it came out. But yeah. So. <laughs> so so I don't feel super fresh on it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have some overviewing thoughts. So yeah. I don't know if I can go episode for episode. Mm-hmm. But if you want to start like that. Well, we can separate it. Like the first three episodes kind of like its own arc because because sure. basically how it's set up is you uh get caught up on all the characters mm-hmm. uh you see where they are now what they're doing and how they're all going to connect that's yep. basically the first three episodes and then from there that's when defenders really starts when they become right. a team i thought they did well with the um where are they now section i of was it. yeah i was really into that because i mean jessica jones we haven't seen for like two years yeah, at least that's what it feels yeah, like it's right, been a long right. time um, so it was great to see what she was up to, how her character uh, developed after the end of the first season. Right. Um, and on top of that, Daredevil, I mean, we just, we had the second season kind of recently, but even so, it was cool to see where he was. Yeah. Um, so that being said, you can't watch the series without watching any of them. 
Yeah. There's just no way. Major spoilers for all other seasons. Uh, and on top of that, you'd just be so lost. You're like, who are you these guys? You would be for sure. So, um, but it, it, I, I also, I also agree. I thought it was really cool how they did all yeah. that. So, yeah, I thought they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so yeah, it, it's really cool and much more rewarding if you've seen all the characters. Totally. Um, you know, because otherwise, that whole seeing them come together is like all you're doing is getting the 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 minor facts of this is these are four people who are not usually together coming together mm-hmm. but if you know each of their stories individually it's way more satisfying oh yeah um but i i don't even think you could watch it even if you didn't i mean you you could but yeah. like you'd be so confused yeah. you don't know where the hand is mm-hmm. you don't know any of this right and they're just referencing everything that happened in the other shows yeah um which is interesting it's like like kind of what you referenced with Jessica Jones, like it feels like we haven't seen her in forever. Mm-hmm. When we start catching up with Matt Murdock, it's like, man, I haven't seen him and Foggy. It feels like for so long, right? Because since two, I've watched Luke Cage and all of Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention they were just a while ago. Yeah, you know. So I was almost I had to like kind of remember like how did Daredevil two even end? Yeah, I I kind of forgot. I remember spoilers for Daredevil season two. Um, that they kind of all went their separate ways to mm-hmm. do their own thing. Um, but I didn't remember where any of them ended right. up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, as they come together and the story progresses, uh, we're dealing with the five fingers of the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like the big bosses, you know, like the undefeatable. Um, You've and, seen them through all the series. Yep. like uh, Except for, well, I guess the two they introduce. So it's Gao. Mm-hmm. Um, what I can never remember the guy's name. I always want to call him Bakura. Bakudo. Bakudo. Bakura is from Yu-Gi-Oh. That's why. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Bakudo. I always want to say Baraka, but <laughs> I know it's not. Um, yeah. And then uh, Sigourney Weaver's character. Um, I forget her name. Lady Sigourney. <laughs> Lady Warbucks. Um, <laughs> and then the other Madame guy. Madam Gao. You already said Madam Gao. I did? Yeah. Oh. You said Gao. Oh, I didn't, I didn't say madam. So that threw you so off. I thought <laughs> it totally threw me off. Um, hold up. I'm just going to find them all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, it was cool to see. Also, why does Electra's last name have to be Nachos? <laughs> it's not Nachos. All right. Alexandra Reed. <laughs> yes. Is uh, Sigourney Weaver's character. Mm-hmm. She's pretty great in it. Yes. Um, madam Gao. Yep. Uh, Murakami, that's that guy. Yes. Yeah. I they barely ever say his name. Yeah. He's just like the sweet ninja guy. Yeah, super sweet. And then Bakudo, and then uh who's the fifth one? I think they were dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the one who gets kidnapped. Oh yes. Um, oh I mean Sawande. He is dead. Sawandi. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yes. Um, I forgot about him. I know. Well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're the big bads. It's like, obviously, they need to put together like a crazy evil team for mm-hmm. all the defenders to be together. Right. Um, it's, I think, starting to see all the interactions with the characters is cool. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, okay, here's one of my overview things. Yep. In regards to character interactions mm-hmm. and in regards to action, Yes. I felt like there was something... A miss. It didn't quite reach my expectations like of Like Avengers being. level? I guess. Is I don't even want to... Compare it? <sighs> I feel like... The, you know how last week we were talking like fighting styles in video games? Mm-hmm. 
to me, the action in Avengers feels like Street Fighter, where the action in Defenders feels like Mortal Kombat. And what I mean is, it feels like a slower, heavier, more realistic action. Okay. Whereas Avengers feels like a more like Marvel versus Capcom. You can like, jump really high. They you have can, lasers. There's yeah, like, yeah. You can knock someone across the room, and there's going to be no blood. Mm-hmm. Whereas in in Defenders, the standard is. Luke Cage throwing someone up against a wall with little to no effort, mm-hmm. but it's like a heavy, like brute kind of thing. Same thing with Jessica Jones. Yeah. Daredevil's the, you know, the fight in the hallway or the Punisher's fight in the prison. It's mm-hmm. all this up close, like real life kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And I felt like there was, there were a couple really solid action scenes, but I didn't feel like there was anything where I was like, oh man, that was like. Right. Well, no, I had that moment when they first all meet up in that... In the Chinese restaurant? No, before that, when... Um, uh, what's his name? Danny. He goes into the, the building to confront oh, the hand. And then they all meet that up. That one was cool. That was that scene yeah, for me, okay. the hallway scene. I'll that. give you that. Um, just because it, you're like, oh, this is... Because at that point, you waited three episodes to yeah. get to the point where they all meet. So that was a good payoff. It was. I'll give you that. But I am with you where Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, their fighting styles are just lift and throw yeah. or a weird punch, you know? Sure. It's okay. I mean, they, they fight like that. Yeah, and that's whatever. I guess, like... Now, and we've talked about how I think the fight choreography in Luke Cage, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it should be like, you know, choreography-wise, it should be like intricate. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it wasn't like super well executed. Yeah, I, I don't know how it could be better, but it certainly can be better. I feel like you got to like do cool stuff of what they can do. Yeah, I mean, because he doesn't kill them, he can't like, you know, Break a guy over his knee no, or whatever. Yeah, that's true. He could break bones. I think it'd be interesting to see like him yeah. punch a guy, like collide with a guy's fist and break it, which I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think stuff like that. Um, but his character's not, I mean, he's not really a fighter anyways. Like yeah. he doesn't want to fight, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and then, you know, ultimately you have the final, not to jump ahead, but in regards to action scenes, you have mm-hmm. like the final big fight. Yes. Uh, there are kind of two. There's the face off with the, the, remaining uh, members of the hand mm-hmm. uh, or leaders of the hand. And that's pretty cool. In that scene, you have uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Colleen Wing because mm-hmm. um, they're going to retrieve Danny, if I'm yeah. remembering correctly. Yep. Um, and there are there are a good amount of good fight scenes, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just, for some reason, near the end, I was feeling like, ah, we never got that big, yeah. that big one. And, and at the very end, that scene in the garage was really cool where they're mm-hmm. fighting like the main, they do the one-on-one yeah. kind of thing. And then the one at the very end was cool when they're all fighting, but it was kind of dark. It I know was that, dark. That I've... sounds like a, a nitpick, but it was like... It was tough to see the fighting. Yeah. Cause, and they did that cool like spanning shot where they go around and everyone's fighting and then like, yeah. switching in and out of the shot. Um, but uh, I'm with you. It was dark. It was hard to see a lot of punches connect mm-hmm. and to see the reactions of guys and stuff. Which was, you know... Probably intentional. And yeah. Scenery has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the setting, I mean, the, it was a dark it was a dark setting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, I love fight scenes set to hip-hop. Oh, yes. When it, like, broke into that track, I was like, oh, That's here we go. <laughs> like, it's so sweet. It was really, really cool. I love cool. it so much. Yep. Um, I'm also mad that Iron Fist and uh, Luke Cage never discussed hip-hop at any point. 
Well, I mean, he wasn't necessarily into it. Luke all, Cage. All of Iron Fist. No, I know Iron Fist. Luke Cage, on the other I hand. I guess that's true. They never... Uh, that's That was all for the viewers. That was never... That's true. And maybe he's more of a jazz guy. I guess. But so. they just never... I guess that's true. I just associate the entire backdrop of right. Luke Cage because the music was such a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So I, for some reason, expected <laughs> like... <laughs> that would be like, hey, yeah. I like the music in your show, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, like I wanted a scene where, you know, he always like meditates to hip hop. Right, stuff, right. So I almost wanted there to be some kind of like recognition of that. Yeah, but, some kind know. of nod. Which, may I add, those two together were really good. They I, were, I yeah. like their dynamic. And even Jessica and uh, Daredevil, yeah. um, they had... They, it was cool that they kind of split off and did their own thing as yeah. like duos and stuff mm-hmm. um and on top of that danny i think as a character was i liked him a lot more in this than i did you did through a good chunk of uh iron fist okay because he was like goofing off he he looked happier a lot more you know yeah um and so uh, i i don't know he just like made jokes with luke cage and like I don't know. He seems like a more fun character. Like when they were in yeah. the Chinese restaurant all eating, you know, right. he was stuffing his face and everyone's like, this is serious. And he's like, I'm hungry. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. No, I'll give you that for <laughs> sure. I think he definitely, you know, you see the way he interacts and he like wants a team. He wants a family, which mm-hmm. that's part of his thing is him losing his family. You kind of see how he reacts to having people around him. And he's like, no, guys, we got to work together. Yeah. Like, um, so I did like that aspect. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about Danny, though. He confuses the hell out of me. I cannot figure out that character. It's frustrating. Okay. It's very frustrating. Here's what it is. Mm-hmm. I think I nailed down my problem with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it He's Iron Fist, mm-hmm. right? The mortal Iron Fist. Which we hear that plenty through the series. The, plenty, right? <laughs> so he's always saying it, and... He's also always constantly, like, people will out loud say, you are the worst Iron Fist ever, right? So it's obviously intentional that he's in this, like, growing up, learning how to fulfill his role kind of character. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't seem intentional enough, so a lot of times he just sounds and looks stupid to me. Yeah. Like, he, I I get, like, if it was explicit that he's, like, stumbling through his role as as the Iron Fist, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, he's that character who's, like, not quite there yet. But because I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't seem obvious enough that that's what they're doing with his character. Yeah, I mean, he seems very much established as the Iron Fist. Like right. he's been training his whole life for it. He got the honor of doing it, so clearly he's capable of being the Iron yeah. Fist. But and on top of that, we went through a whole season of him fumbling, trying to figure out how to be the exactly. Iron Fist. So like, why spend more time on him being? You know, trying to do whatever he's trying I don't to know. do. And he seems to like like he doesn't have his emotions in check. Yeah. Daredevil's a better fighter than him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's shown. Like, there's one point where Daredevil's fighting Murakami and Bakudo, mm-hmm. like, at the same time. Right. I mean, Daredevil's winning. Yeah. So it's like... Uh, and uh, he couldn't, like... Well, he beat Bakudo before. He did, with uh, Colleen. I thought he just fought him... He fought him in that... Uh, when he when Danny went down to the computers and found the truth about... Oh, yeah, that's and true. And he fought, and then he yeah. ran away or whatever. I but. just feel like like all the anticipation about Iron Fist was like, this is going to be like a kung fu epic. Yeah, and he's going to be incredibly powerful. Yeah, and, and like, he's like... Dumb. And whenever <laughs> he breaks out the Iron Fist, it seems like he might get one or two like good hits in. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, he's just launching around with this like, glowing hand. Yeah. And it's like, mm, I don't know. And <clears throat> I agree. I enjoyed him more in this. And I... Uh, I've said before, like, I, it's not even like Finn Jones. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with the acting. I just can't figure out what's happening with the character. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel obvious enough. Yeah. But Rachel had a pretty 
like killer prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, was it? I think it was Rachel. I think it was, and I was like, oh my gosh, I think you're right. Yeah, you wouldn't know. I'm sorry. That was me con- <laughs> consulting my own memories. Yes. We were talking about this very thing, right? So again, we're in spoilers, um, very spoilery. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end, there's this Matt, uh, Matt Murdock tells Danny, uh, take care of my city, mm-hmm. right? So we don't know he says that until the end, though, right? He just like he whispers it earlier, right? Yeah, yeah. but then later he says that, right? Yeah. At the very end, mm-hmm. we see Danny sitting on a rooftop in New York with his fist all glowy, yes, right? Yep, um. <clears throat> Rachel and I were talking about this, how he seems like so inexperienced and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We think, she mentioned this, I'm down with it. I think Daredevil season three, we're going to see a lot of Iron Fist. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. I uh, Have you read anything? Nothing. Okay. So if that's a prediction that's already out there. It's, I mean, it's. And people have just said it. Yeah. I'm sorry for sounding dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the comics, um, Daredevil disappears at some point. I don't know if he dies or something happens, yeah. but uh, Iron Fist takes the mantle of Daredevil. He puts on a suit and becomes Daredevil. Really? And defends the city in his stead. That's super sweet. Um, so a lot of people are making those connections like, oh, that shot at the end. Oh, is, I didn't know that. Is like mirroring how the comics go. So he might take the mantle of Daredevil for mm-hmm. now until he comes back. Okay. Um, That's cool. So that theory is, I mean, it's... Probably. Yeah. So, I, so we were thinking more along the lines of you know, how we were just talking about, like, his emotions aren't really in check and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that he might come under, like, Oh, that would be cool. Some point. You're right, because he's total, like, he, focused. He's like, all senses. Yeah. That, that was Rachel's thing. I liked the way that she got to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. He can't, he doesn't, he uses all senses right. to, like, really hone in and pay attention, where it seems like Danny is just, like, a kid, like, oh, 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 like, he's just <laughs> Taste my around. fist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that was that thought. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good thought, and that'll be cool to see more crossovers, you know, because mm-hmm. Luke Cage was a major part of Jessica Jones. Right, yeah. Um. So, uh, with the potential of all these new seasons coming out now, it's... And they have all met each other, so there's no right. reason. Uh, that'll be cool. Yeah. I, w- I would love to see that. I'm interested. Um, interested to see what they do. Yes. Did you notice the colors at all? Uh, how do you mean? Just like in the first few episodes when it was jumping from character to characters, there's such a dynamic color difference. Okay. It feels like there were four different directors for oh, each of their parts. Um, with Jessica Jones, for instance, it was more of... Like, it was darker, grainier, like, almost like a purple haze, you know? Okay, like, yep. the colors matching their characters, That's which is cool. really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave such a tone for each character. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, with Danny, it was warmer. It was, like, more of a, uh, like, reds and stuff. So, okay. Um, so, if you didn't notice, no big deal. But it was really, really cool that they went that, that into cool. detail um, with the colors. Because then, you know, oh, I'm in a Jessica Jones scene because it's darker. It's a little purple, you yeah. know? Uh, so that was really cool. I, I, I just noticed it as a, from a filmmaker's perspective. That's sweet, so, yeah. Um, that was really cool. Um, let me check my notes. Do you have yeah. anything else to say? Um, I think those were my overviews. I didn't mean to sound mostly negative because I think it was really good. Yeah, I mean, it's um, something to be critical about because it's it's been built up for so long. Right. And it's like they they had plenty of time to fix issues from earlier seasons mm-hmm. uh, in into this so right and but not to say it wasn't bad i i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah for the most part i was pretty excited to see them all together yeah so. me too i i've just i i talk about danny so much because i'm i'm perplexed yeah. by his character no i'm with you i'm frustrated because you know all these other characters have their definitive attitudes they 
you know, have become a hero, learn to be a hero, whatever, mm-hmm. you know what they're going to be like. Danny, it's like he has the potential to be an awesome, like, maybe a leader, or right. maybe like, um, I don't know, like Iron Man or something, you know, that kind of very confident with his skills and everything, but he just hasn't hit it yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and if I start, I think, you know, I'm just going to decide to look at his character like that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. like just working on him, you know? Yeah. And if it was, like I said, if it was more explicit, I just feel mm-hmm. like it's not coming across clearly enough. Um, but if that's what they're doing, then. I'm just going to roll with it like that. Mm-hmm. And then, cool. I can't wait to see when he breaks into I am the immortal Iron Fist, right. and now it looks like it. You yeah, know but I mean? when are we going to see that? You I don't know? know. Daredevil 3, Iron Fist 2. Yeah, one of those two. Yeah. So Sigourney Weaver's character. Yeah. Wasted potential or no? You think it was better that no. she was used as a twist? Or do you think she would have been better if she stayed longer? I think... No, I think what they did was fine. Mm-hmm. I think I'm fine with it. I mean, it's kind of cool because that that um, season now has like its own villain. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like she was the key villain in mm-hmm. that season. It's hard though, man. Like in Luke Cage, this is a massive spoiler, so I won't oh, yeah. give names. But there's a certain villain that I wish was still around. So, yeah, yeah, they did the same thing in in both of them, you yeah. know? It, it did the old switcheroo, mm-hmm. basically. And and that was a lot of complaints for Luke Cage, was that character. And there are many villains in Luke Cage, so, mm-hmm. I I mean, it doesn't feel like a spoiler to say it like that, <laughs> but there is one that, that dies, and it, you're like, huh. Right, like why, once again, wasted potential, you yeah. know? You feel like that villain is set up to be a great villain, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I don't know, I don't know if it's cause I didn't feel, so Gordon Weaver's great mm-hmm. and the character's cool. I get what you're going though. But like... I don't know <laughs> if she was like my favorite or, yeah, or she, the I... most intimidating part of the hand. Even. Yeah. She didn't stand out as a huge threat, you know, in the trailers, they made her seem like this. She's going to be like a crazy fighter and right. like, she's a huge threat and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Not really like that. To me, Gao is like yeah. the worst. Well, she's got like mind powers too. Yeah, she, and and the way she talks and manipulates people, like And she's been there since Daredevil season one. Exactly. You know? So she seems way more like a leader than anybody else, which I'm surprised they didn't take that direction. But um I mean whatever, what can mm. you do? Um But did you feel like it was wasted potential? Like uh well, it's just like the star power behind it. But no, I think yeah. it was it was better for a twist because I was like, Okay, there's no way there gonna kill her off mm-hmm. early or you know but they did and yeah. it was it was cool i was like whoa Ooh, hey what's right. going on so it was good for twist purposes but other than that yeah i mean we didn't have enough time to really like embrace her anyways you know right yeah it did feel a little bit like that so um i guess that's all i had to say and the ending um i thought a little bit predictable mm-hmm. because i think there had to be but i expected well, we're talking about spoilers. Anyways, I expected Daredevil to just like show up out of the rubble, not set it up for the next season. Right. Um, which is weird because if nobody, you know, if you don't watch Defenders starting next season, Daredevil's going to be way weird. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll start off, that starts off in a way different place and yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah, these are all super, super connected. Yeah. Um, and did you watch after the credits? I didn't. I know. <laughs> My friend was like, dude. 
Have do you, you know not what learned? Do you know what it is? Yeah. Yeah. The so, teaser. Yeah, it was just a short teaser for the Punisher show. Um, yeah. It was really cool. Uh, but yeah, it, it's funny. I I don't think of these as looking after the credits. It's Marvel, but it's you know Netflix Marvel, yeah. so. especially Netflix like jumps you to the next episode of whatever. Right. So, so you're just like, deep, I, just like oh. I always last episode of any season. I always fast forward past the credits because I always have like the little block so you right. can see you know yeah what's coming up. So um, we also didn't really talk about Elektra at all. Yeah, I mean, meh. <laughs> I yeah, I mean. It's interesting. The whole like process of the hand resurrecting people is mm-hmm. interesting. We yeah. saw it in Iron Fist as well. Which may I add, they use the last of the thing to bring back Electra, right? Believe so, yeah. So how did Bakudo come back? Well, that was before. No, because she was put. No, in... he he had already used it. That's all. The five fingers of the hand were already right, but right. No, well, they had to use the whatever it was, the goop, the blood, whatever. Every time they had to come back. But so, he got up and just left the scene. No, they took him away. Oh. Because he was dead at that point. So how? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because Electra went in that, the pod thing at the yeah. end of Daredevil Season 2. Right. So if they used it up at that point, Bakudo logically shouldn't have been able to. I mean, you could say, oh, he had like a little reserve to bring himself back, but I mean, they were they were pretty, you know, forward. Yeah. Like, this is our last life; we can't ruin it. Right. I don't know. It's just I weird, don't know either. A weird plot detail. They just wanted to bring him back for some reason. But, yeah. Um, hmm. But anyways, other than that, uh, Electra was interesting. She, um, I really liked her in Daredevil. I didn't like I her did too, too too much in this, just because. She didn't really have... She was just a weapon. I had a hard time with her motivation. Yes. I couldn't really nail down why she was doing what she was doing all the time. Mm -hmm. Other than just like... um, She has a thing. This is another thing Rachel said. And I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. She's just got a thing with control. Like, she is just this untamable creature. Yep. And now having been resurrected, she has her emotions and feelings and stuff. But overall, she's just taking over, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it sets up for like a more classic, like, I don't know, like Batman Catwoman thing where she's like the anti-hero sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes just the villain, but there's this connection between them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All set up for more Daredevil stuff. Yeah. And, uh, overall pretty good. Yeah. I, I'm excited for season two to see like what big villain they'll bring in next. Right. You know? mm-hmm. I want to see more Kingpin for sure. Oh, me too, man. I thought he was going to show up at one point. I know. I thought he was going to be the other finger of yeah. the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of glad he wasn't because they probably would have killed him or something. So, or yeah. probably not. But yeah. I don't know. Or they, or maybe, or maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe. But maybe overall, I was, I was, I was pretty happy with yeah. it. So same Z's. Same Z's. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, movies, I imagine. Yes. Okay. Okay. Ooh, ooh, let's go to the movies. Why did you imagine movies? Because I know you got movies. <laughs> <laughs> of course I have movies. I guess it was less my imagination and more... And more of the... I was just directing us where I know we're going. Yes, of course. Okay, so I saw uh, this this little like indie horror flick that mm-hmm. came out recently. Um, Never heard of it. No, I, I mean, I haven't even said the name yet, so I'm glad. Oh, okay. All right. um, it's called It. Never heard of it. Yeah, no, there you go. You didn't, you haven't heard of it. Never heard of it. So this is a remake of the uh, Stephen King novel. That is oh, it. It. 
referring to the creature in the movie. Oh, do you recall? Have you seen the original? Dude, so long ago. So long ago. That I literally remember clowns about it. That's, I mean, that's all you need to remember. Tim Curry clowns. Yeah, Tim yeah. Curry clowns, which he did awesome. Oh, as, yeah. As Pennywise. Tim Curry is the jam. The jam. Yeah. I feel bad for him, though. Uh, why? Well, he had a stroke oh. a while back. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's depressing. Thanks for bringing that up, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Back to you. Thanks. Um, so, yes, this is a remake of, well, there's the novel. Then there was the TV miniseries that came out. Oh. That's what it was, the 1990 miniseries. Oh, that's why it's so long. Yeah, yeah, because it's two parts. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it's a miniseries, oh, which know. a lot of people didn't know that, that it was a TV miniseries. I think mostly because they remember it being violent and TV traditionally isn't violent. Yeah, I remember mom having it on VHS. VHS. And it's two VHS. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that's the longest movie ever. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. it. Yeah, and everyone remembers it in movie format because yeah. it, it was VHS and yeah. stuff. Um, so anyways, this is a remake of that okay. of that story. Um, and it is scary. Yeah? <laughs> it is really, really well done. Now, this movie got crazy good reviews. Crazy good and well-deserved. So, yeah. uh, great. I went to the freaking... <laughs> that's just... Thanks, thanks. Uh, anyways, I went to the IMDb, IMDb page. <laughs> Pennywise is what I was thinking. And they had a picture of IMDb. Pennywise. Um, so this Internet was directed by... Andy Muschietti. Who directed uh, Mama. Maybe it's just Machetti? Muschietti. Muschetti. Muschetti. Andy Paschetti. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy. Um, so he directed Mama. Did you see that one? I did not. That was the... Um, the horror movie with uh, Del Toro, Guillermo Del Toro. Oh, really? He uh, designed the creature in it. Oh, so man, I love him. Yeah, and I the creature the creature was real good looking in that movie. Of course. Uh, anyways, that was a pretty all right horror movie. It um, uh, there's always difficulty with horror movies because they follow the cliche of horror movies. Yeah. It ju- it just happens, you know. Um, but this went kind of it had a good story, which is good. It or Mama? Both of them. Okay. <laughs> but I've started with Mama to give no, you a. a, a a layer for this guy. Right, know, right, right, guy. right, right, so right. So he right, had right, right, dabbled right, right, right. a little bit in horror. But anyways, it um was so good. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really good. It, now, um, what's what's landing at such good reviews? Is the story just like Yeah, well it's well handled or is it Yeah, it's very dark. It, it's not afraid to hit on dark subjects okay. like like um racism, like bullies in the eighties, like you know, uh, uh, awkward relationship between a father and daughter. Okay. Like, the, it's just, it's very tonally dark. All you right. Know? Um, and that's cool because comparatively to the original, the TV, which that was also dark, but I think um, just the dark direction in this was much mm. more like, whoa, like a shock factor. Okay. Uh, and on top of that, they like to play with your memories of the TV series. Oh. So scares that you know, happen in the story that obviously they want to recreate for the movie. Yeah. Um, they are done in a completely different way than how it was in the, in the original. Oh, interesting. So that's, I think that's, what's really cool is they like, they play with your idea of what the TV series was, mm. you know, the, or the, uh, mini series. Um, did you revisit the first one before you watched? I didn't, but I, I've seen it recently enough where it's not like super fresh, but there are scenes that I was like, oh, I remember that in the okay. original. So, uh, like for instance, everyone knows this scene, the uh, uh, the bloody bathroom scene. Yeah, where there, where uh, in the first one, I don't, I think it's the girl or someone's in the shower place. You know. Yeah. I don't remember if it's boy or girl, but anyways, they recreate 
a, a similar scene like that okay. in this, and it's done beautifully. It's feels like Sam Raimi directed that scene. Oh, I love Sam Raimi. What so are you looking much. for? I just now remembered that I had a drink at some point, but I don't know what I've done with it. It's probably upstairs. I didn't see you come down with it because you had to bring the chair. Christmas. Ha! Now you got to sit here and drown on air. All right, carry on. <laughs> um, so Pennywise is played by Tim Curry. Nope, oh. Bill Skarsgård. Oh, all right. I don't really <clears throat> recognize him from too much. Okay, but um, uh, <laughs> it, he did an amazing job playing Pennywise. He made me real afraid of clowns, and I'm not scared of clowns usually. So, really? Yeah, he did. He just nailed like the voice, the movements. He. Uh, there's a there's a lot of scenes in the movie where Pennywise's eyes like split apart, and he can actually do that in real life. What? Uh, they were initially gonna CGI it, but he can oh, cause like, he can cause his pupils, his like everything to split to like, like look in opposite directions. Yeah, 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 to move in opposite directions. That's and crazy. Stuff. So uh, it's real scary knowing that after seeing it. But now I'm confused because. I don't know why his name sounds familiar to Skarsgård? me. Skarsgård? Yeah, I haven't seen anything. No, I haven't either. But maybe done. there's another Skarsgård somewhere. Yeah. Um. Uh. But on top of that, the scares in this are top notch. They're really, really well done. They because they like, I think we talked about it before, but it's like the mirror opening scene where it's like it fakes you out, like you 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 yes. see him open it and yeah, they close yeah. it and there's nothing there, and then something shows up. It's like that, but on multiple layers. You're like, oh, it's scary here. Oh, you're saying, oh, it's scary again. Oh, you're saying, oh, it's scary. So it it jumps around. Um, So they did a great job with that. Story-wise, there's a lot more details that are brought up um, to make it more of a clear story. Okay. Um, And because they have the novel to work with, it, you know, they have so much, so many details, so many things they can squeeze in. Right. Um, Movie was two hours long, which Mm -hmm. I thought was spectacular. Horror movies are never long enough. Right, right. um, Which was was great. And it totally uh, made it much better, you know. Yeah. and it had that Stranger Things, Stand By Me, like kids fighting a grand enemy vibe. Dude, it's like the perfect combination for it some is. reason. It's, uh, nothing is more exciting than seeing kids fight a super demon. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why that is, <laughs> but it's real good. Um, but uh, special effects were done pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's not the best, but they're really, really good, like mm-hmm. how they're used. Um, okay. And the coolest thing about the villain, uh, It is what it's called, um, obviously, <laughs> freaking. Oh, is that, what, is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's it's a creature that they pl- revealed that in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I was called? pretty surprised. Yeah. I thought the sequel, you know. Finally, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this creature can form can turn into the character's biggest fears. So Ooh. you don't only see Pennywise. You see like this weird. Uh, the, one of the kids is uh, Jewish, and he in his um, mosque. A Jewish church? <laughs> is that a mosque? Temple. <laughs> a temple. What's a mosque then? A mosque is um for Islam? Yes. Okay. Yeah. See, I was close. Yeah. So temple. I thought you were talking about a yarmulke and you called it a mosque. <laughs> <laughs> and that was very funny to me. That is that's why well, because I did the movement. Yeah. You know how they wear the mosques? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's this picture of this uh a woman, but her face is all like melted and stuff, mm. and and the creature becomes that. So you jump from like oh. pennywise to that creature That's to cool. like uh, a bunch of different things. So um, I, I would suggest anybody see it. Theater, hands down, is where you should see really? it. it. It It is definitely a horror movie for the ages, you know? Uh, any significant soundtrack notes? Um, I've been paying really. a lot of attention to that in horror movies. Yeah, I mean, 
like for jump scares and stuff, this I, I think uh, it didn't like turn the music up to eleven when a scare happened. Mm-hmm. Like it was loud, but it was not like oh, like yeah, it like, wasn't like used to scare you, right? Exactly, yeah. it was just used to make the uh, the event scarier. Okay, um, cool. and uh, what else? There was um. Oh, I did in D box. That was the other thing. Oh, I, I sweet. Watched. So D box, if you guys don't know, is where it's it's like IMAX, except the chairs move with the scenes. Have and you done that before? No, that was my first time ever. So um, it was uh, basically the reason why I got it was because the theater we got there like ten minutes before the movie started. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, we're either gonna get a terrible seat or I get the D box because those are always reserved. You can't just sit in it normally. Yeah. Um. So I was like, all right, I'll go with the D box just to get us a good seat. Right. Um. So it, and it was great. It made the movie so much better because like there's a scene at the beginning, Georgie. Um. Uh, sends the boat down like the the water. You know, yes. it's raining out, and Georgie has to not has to wants to send a boat on a water <laughs> adventure. So the chair, when the boat turns, the chair literally like moves with the boat. Oh, so you're that's swaying cool. back and forth as it's going through, and like when a scare happens, it like shakes real fast and makes you move up and down. That's cool. Um, so it was a lot of interaction. Yeah. And I wasn't sure how it was gonna work in a scary movie. I was kind of nervous because I was like, oh my god, it's gonna give me a heart attack yeah. every time something happens but it made the experience totally like 10 times better for sure yes it makes sense yeah like, i mean like it's... when they add these things a lot mm-hmm. of times it's like and eh, who needs that? right it's and just you... a gimmick yeah and then you do it and you're like oh <laughs> that makes sense yeah. i want to do d-box it, i guess it depends on like an action movie must be amazing like if there's a part with a machine gun you'd be like <laughs> i was just gonna oh! say though it's just gonna like jackhammer <laughs> yeah. the whole time that's great oh uh, but yeah just just go see it it's if you like the original i think personally it was better than the original yeah i think this is a great way to get a new age into it i i think we're at a point where that's not weird um what do you mean where you know for a long time i feel like and still in most cases Mm -hmm. it's like the remake is not as good as the original yes um i think we're maybe getting to a point where depending on what it is Mm -hmm. it can it is possible that with um current technology modern uh makeup styles, mm-hmm. different methods of filming that have become popular in recent times, advances in everything involved in filmmaking mm-hmm. could actually, and storytelling, the way we tell stories now has even changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like obviously all the, the core elements are still there, but even just like, I don't know, with every year that passes in any like sphere of art, I feel like new influences emerge, you know what I mean? And new mm-hmm. blends of techniques and strategies and stuff like that. So I feel like we're at a point now where it's like, yeah, that's possible. That could, it could be better than the original. Yeah, you know? it, it definitely seemed, could. That's like the ultimate sin to say that like, oh, it's not, it's not better than the original. Right. It's like, ah, it might be. Yeah, you hit the point. Like, the thing with the original is it had scares that weren't meant to like jump out at you, but yeah. make you feel uncomfortable. Where this one was more more of the jump scares, mm. but on top of that, it had the nice blend of making you feel uncomfortable after. You know what else is interesting? Um, that maybe that feels like an okay statement because mm-hmm. the original isn't even the source material. Right. So it's almost it's like which one did it better? Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever read the book? No. Have you ever read any Stephen King books? I haven't. I don't my think I have my only knowledge of Stephen King is the movies, yeah. which I mean, it's. I know he's obviously good because the source material is so good, mm. but I haven't read any of it. I can't so. believe how many of his books have been in, made into film. I like, think it's got to be at least over like 30 or 40 because there's so many like, you know, under the table, like ones you don't know about. Yeah. But I bet if you look it up, he must be tagged in so many uh, 
like movie credits, you know? I want to look up, you know, it'll list like yeah, uh, top 50 Stephen King well, movies. Well, what I'm thinking is like I'm pretty sure the filmography based on his movies is like a fraction of how many books he's had actually written. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. But on top of that, he has such a crazy variety. Like Yeah. Like to go from that to um jeez, any of them, The Shining, I mean, that's still a scary movie, but uh Christine um Oh, there's the one I'm thinking with James Caan and Mercy. Yeah, Mercy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Mercy, uh, like that is that's scary in its own regard, but it's like it's such a way different feeling. But um, oh wait, that's actually way less than I thought. How many? He's published 54 novels. What? Including seven under a different pen name, six nonfiction books. So it's like short stories and stuff. There must be. A he's bunch written of nearly two hundred short stories, okay. most of which have been collected into collections. Yeah, that's a sentence. <laughs> collected um, into collections. Interesting. Uh, may I also add Finn Wolfhard? Do you know who he is? I I'll do show not. you right now. He was the kid in Stranger Things. Oh, word, yeah. Um, I don't remember his character, but he absolutely stole the show in that in in the movie. He's in it. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and he plays, like, his character is so hilarious throughout the whole thing. Really? Um, they uh, they made him just spectacular, just every Man, sentence. that kid's going to have such a dope career. It, seriously, that kid is on his way to stardom, oh, which awesome. makes me also impressed at how good child actors are. Yeah. Once you see it, these kids are probably, I mean, the age range is probably in between, like, I don't know, maybe eight or, seven to, like, I don't know, thirteen or something. Yeah. Uh, but it just so blows crazy. my it blows my mind because I look at Simmy and I'm like, yeah, uh, no offense, but I I could. <laughs> <laughs> do you think she could be in a like a full movie? Like, do you think she would? No, be I, able to like act professionally no, it, in a full movie. It blows my mind too because she. I've thought about that with with my kids. Yeah. And it's like we've made like silly videos, you know, mm-hmm. and talked about starting a YouTube channel for them and stuff. Yeah. That I think they could do, but mm-hmm. like sitting down being like, all right, why don't you guys do something like this? Mm-hmm. They're just like, they they're can't. kids. They're, yeah, they're just like goofing off. So it blows my mind that these kids, like, they're just so adult. They're so mature and professional yeah. to be able to film these scenes. On top of that, the dialogue they have, I'm surprised their parents, I mean, F-bombs all over the place. Really? It's, it's it's hilarious, but right. it's uh, it's so interesting to see parents are like, yeah, you know, they're they're mature enough to be in this horrifying film <laughs> and have a yeah. terrible language but uh even so it just blows my mind because i compare it to all kids i know now like yeah there's just no one i could see acting in a film you know, know. um uh, so it's just impressive but, it is it's um, crazy i double thumbs up that movie was excellent anybody who is anybody go see it even if you're afraid of clowns especially if you're afraid especially of clowns. especially if you're afraid of clowns go see it ghost eat it ghost eats it yeah that one. Mm, yeah. Sorry about that. Where are we going now? Um, let's hit video games. Mm, delicious. I am not video games. I'm sorry. Uh, don't strike me, sir. You can have fun talking to yourself. All right. Joy to the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Huh. Dude, I can't wear an XL anymore. Too big? Uh, Excuse me. Yeah, it's too big. That's the dream, folks. I'm uh, I wear a medium hoodie now. A medium hoodie. 
Yeah. Wow, you're not even large? No. That's crazy. That's awesome. It dude. is, but it's actually like I want this hoodie right now, but they only have XLs. Before, they would only have mediums. <laughs> no. So frustrating. Like, That's the worst. The world is against me. Oh. Look at this. Only two XL. Get out of here. Well, I guess you got to start gaining weight to wear Anyways. that. Um, dude, I have been this week. I've been stress eating like crazy. I ate so much Taco Bell today. Oh, what'd you get? Um, I got the steak quesarito box plus a cheesy bean and rice burrito. Don't call me a cheesy bean and rice. Oh, I, I had that the other day, actually. I ate it all in one sitting. <sighs> like in, I ate it all in roughly six minutes. Wow. Yeah. I had a 10-minute break. That's I, not healthy. I was very hungry. <laughs> and I didn't even feel like I wanted to die after. Wow, that's really good, actually. Uh, yeah, so yeah, how nice. many... You're like, how oh, many? congratulations. <laughs> that's, that's an achievement. It was two tacos, two quesarito, tacos. and a burrito. Yeah. Taco Bell's so weird because you order so many things yeah like it's 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 the chinese food of mexican food (laughs) (laughs) let's let's back that one up chinese food of mexican food yeah you can just eat so much of it you get so many things you eat a ton of it and Mm -hmm. then you could maybe eat some more later (laughs) (laughs) not happily though nah but no i had uh wendy's yesterday yeah i had the uh baconator fries Ooh, so good pretty good and a baconator (laughs) <laughs> and a uh, baconator. Oh, so. of course. Uh, it was good. It, I, I don't go to Wendy's nearly as much as I like to. Yeah, you should go more. I should. It's been uh, Burger King burgers for me lately. Oh, that's, that's Whoppers. Something. Double bacon and cheese Whopper. Did you get the uh, cheesy tots? Yeah. How are they? They're amazing. You oh, haven't had them? No. Bro, I've had them twice. Oh. <laughs> I don't even eat carbs, and I've had them twice. <laughs> um, oh, I did. I forgot to tell you. I did your challenge. You challenged me to uh, eat meat. Strictly for a, a, me- a, a week. A week. Really? <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so what I did uh, for lunch every day, I had uh, lettuce. Uh, That's not meat. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I ate meat for a week. <laughs> I had lettuce well, and rice. Don't you normally? <laughs> I had bread. Um, don't you normally do lettuce wraps? That's what it I was. do. So it's it was just like, funny that the first I thing know, you I said, said in your list of meats is lettuce. But how can you do just meat? Just eat the meat. That's mad. I mean, the lettuce is fine. I right. just made me I laugh. Thought, I thought Carry it was irrelevant. On. So it was a lettuce wrap. I just yeah. had cheese, yeah. which is not meat. Also but <laughs> not meat. Tim, we need to discuss. <laughs> this what sounds meat awful. Is. So, anyways, I tried. I did. I did it for four days. Yep. I, tr- I tried for a week, and I just couldn't do it. Also, a week is more than four days. I know. <laughs> Your challenge was for me to eat meat for a week. Yeah, I did it for four days. Only meat. Only meat. Yeah. You have cheese. I went the keto way. You okay. Said meat, well, I'm just I... saying. Just couldn't define the challenge. <laughs> That's true. Okay. I, I took it as do a keto for yeah. a week. I don't know how you do it. Why I, couldn't you do it? What did you miss? I just, I, I just... Did you do it for four days? I did it for four days, Did yeah. you lose any weight? Uh, no. You did it wrong. <laughs> In fact, I gained weight, which was upsetting, but maybe because I was checking every day when I did it. Also... Were you actually keto, or were you eating French fries at night? No, 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 no. I had so <laughs> I was trying to explain it before. Every day for lunch, I had a uh, turkey, cheese, lettuce wrap. Yeah. Uh, so I had four of those though. with French fries on it, though. No, not okay. with French fries. With chips on the side. No. Okay. Just, just the wraps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for dinner, it kind of varied around. But I had like eggs one night. Uh, I did more turkey roll-ups the next night. Yeah. Uh, I did fish one night. Um, Fried? Then, uh, yeah. Okay. That's it. That That's was it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Found it. <laughs> Fried fish. Yes. That was the last night, though. Um, yeah. That's and, weird. You should have lost a little bit if you did it for and a few then days. And then I did a salad. But maybe it was a lot of water weight. I don't know. But Well, that's what you should lose. But recently, after I did that, um, I have been like steadily going down. 
but I haven't been eating keto at all. So yeah. I don't know. Anyways, but I don't know how you do it. Like I, I didn't know I could have such a strong craving for like bread or sugars or any of that. I was like, I never yeah. felt satisfied, I guess. Yeah. Like I just, that's fair. I thought like, okay, having these four wraps, Oh, bacon. I had bacon on the wraps too. Oh, there you go. Um, so having these four wraps, I was like, okay, that should keep me full full of proteins like good for at least until dinner yeah um and then around like eight o'clock i was just like i'm so hungry <laughs> so i don't know i don't know what that was but yeah um i mean it's hard because you actually get addicted to that stuff mm-hmm. you know like sugar and stuff like that um because i i have i'll have like a couple days <clears throat> i think it was last week or the week before rachel had a total craving for cookies mm-hmm. so i made it my mission to get her some cookies and uh when i got her cookies turns out i also got me cookies you're, so you're crazy ate, with cookies yeah, i really like cookies so i <laughs> ate a ton of them and then it, it was like a week of just like eating donuts oh, just, and like whatever just down. Um, and then when i'm trying to get out of it it's like it's kind of tough yeah and so that does happen and especially when you're used to eating it regularly mm-hmm. eating carbs regularly um but i don't know i have no problem being satisfied like if i'm craving something now i'll just kind of eat more meat and cheese <laughs> <laughs> just to fill the void but i do have times where i'm like i just want to eat cookies, chocolate yeah. or cookies or whatever mm-hmm. so and i'll do that but yeah i don't know I don't it's not for everybody Mm-mm. but you could do it i'm just saying next time you're like oh i want to lose 10 pounds let mm-hmm. me know i'll hook you up yeah help you out i'll encourage you but <laughs> just it. not now because i've been stress eating so okay so now i'll only be a good coach if you want to eat as much taco bell as possible right you'll be like here have a taco right Thanks. get the box and mm-hmm. then a couple extra things right of course Right. Good. So, so uh, we're in video games. Uh, yeah. You know what? Now we're going to go into video games. For anyone who is confused <laughs> why we said video games and then the food transition happened, now you know. <laughs> so now let's go into video games. Okay. Video games. Um, so uh, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I've been playing mm-hmm. games of the video variety. I don't know what you're counting on your fingers right now. For anyone watching the video, Tim's just doing numbers on his fingers. I, I like the noise it made. You know I've been cleaning out my backlog, right? Right before you get into that. Yeah. Did you know snapping is not the the sound of your fingers? It's your finger hitting your palm? No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It is. There's no sound when the fingers are there, but when it hits the palm... That's it's it Shut slamming up. the palm. <laughs> I need give me something to disprove this. There's no way. I don't know. Holy crap. <laughs> How insane is that? So for you not watching for you guys not watching the video, the idea is snapping is Ow! <laughs> he just broke his finger. So snapping's not the sound of your fingers going across each other. It's the sound of your middle finger hitting your palm due to the force of it. All right. I can't. Because <laughs> the sound doesn't happen until your finger hits the palm. <laughs> I can't handle this right now. Uh, I'm sorry, I just blew your mind. Where did that just come from? Well, because I was tapping my fingers, making oh, noise. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> We're never gonna get to games, video games. Um, all right. I'm gonna be messing with that all night. All right, seriously. So, uh, you know, I've been cleaning out my backlog, right? Mm-hmm. So, a couple weeks ago, I started playing XCOM. 
Enemy. Enemy Unknown. Unknown. Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Was it on other consoles as PS3 well? PS3 and okay. PC. Um, so I started this right after I beat Tron. Mm-hmm. And what a transition. Dude, I was just like, what's next? Yep. XCOM. I, I thought it was a FPS. I thought it was a first-person oh. shooter. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I started up, and I was like, oh, that's right. This is like a strategy game. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it because... Uh, so the, the backdrop of the game of the game is uh, aliens are invading. You are uh, part of the special team military outfit to go after the aliens, uh, rid the world of the extraterrestrials. Yes. You have no ali- uh, allegiance to any country. Right. Like, which is a big theme of about the game. Right. You're actually trying to win uh, win over the, uh, the council mm-hmm. uh, that this project is worth funding and the countries will back you based on what missions you take and and what what areas you go to. You have options throughout the game. This is maybe jumping ahead a little bit, mm-hmm. but you know, it'll say there there are alien abductions or assaults in three different countries. Uh, which one will you choose to go to? Mm-hmm. You got to kind of gauge because the panic meter will go up on each uh, each country mm-hmm. in a certain. Um, <clears throat> you basically have a panel of rooms that you can go into. And one of the rooms uh, is it the briefing room? I forget, but there's one room. No, I think it's called like the situation room or the. Uh, I forget. People who know are freaking out right now. But um, <laughs> because a lot of people really, really loved this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had I like made a post on Facebook, like, who played XCOM? And a bunch of people were like, I love this game. <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, like like Tim said, you have to get to... Sometimes I switch from talking to the audience and talking to you. Mm-hmm. So I said, like, Tim, because I'm talking to the audience. Right. That's a weird thing that happens. That's okay. I noticed. Any hoozle. Uh-huh. <laughs> You have to pay attention to the panic meter, and you're trying to win the council over, like, this is a good idea to fund this project. That's mm-hmm. kind of how you ultimately win or lose the game. And that itself is such a metagame to the actual game. Like, right. That's, that's in the background. Like, it that's is. something you got to focus on. But the actual game is, like, way different than yeah. all that, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so it starts up. There's a little bit of a tutorial where, you know, it's a uh, – help me out with the terminology here, but I, it's like a two-turn – like two moves at a time sort of strategy game. Yeah, it's it's turn based. Um I know there's a specific term for it, but it um if you've played Fire Emblem or uh Banner Saga was like that yes. tactical like it's grid based. Right, so right. So there's yeah. a grid and you uh almost like chess where you pick your characters, move mm-hmm. where they go, and then depending on what character you have, you right. can attack, not attack, defend, whatever their specialty is. Yeah. Um so yeah, like chess. I guess. Yeah, it is. And and you have um, two turns. I think that lasts throughout the game, though I haven't beaten it yet. I don't know if you can get certain uh, promotions. There is uh, certain promotions. This is getting specific. But there's one where, like, if you get a headshot or a critical kill, you get an extra turn. Gotcha. So uh, Um, that's with a sniper, specific characters. Right. So you start off with four characters. um, Or you can can have four, um, four soldiers at once. And... Um, basically you're, you're on a certain mission and you just move forward until the aliens start showing up mm-hmm. and then you have to, you know, choose wisely, uh, as to whether you're going to use your two moves to, to find cover or to shoot or to heal or whatever. And as the game progresses, those decisions get harder and harder. The enemies get harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started up, like I said, I'm like, I'm not always a huge fan of strategy games. But I gotta say, this one has me thinking maybe I haven't played enough 
because I thought the same thing. Yeah. And then I played other strategy games and I'm like, nah, this, this one's just special. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are, uh, I like grid based tactical Cause games. Cause Banner Saga, I couldn't. Yeah. It was l- too much. Yeah. And there's, um, uh, yeah. It looked great. It, yeah. It's, Graphically, the art style was awesome. Yeah, but I was like, nah, this yeah. is way too much. And that's the thing. It's like, this just has a beautiful balance of, like, it It accepts. <coughs> Bless you. Sorry. Uh, it, it totally can take in a casual player, and you can right. play it just basically, like, like base form, you know? that You don't have to go super deep into it if you, you want to just enjoy the game. Um, so that's the major difference. <coughs> Bless you. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and what's crazy about that is it's still... It's still pretty in depth because you finish the first mission and you're like, at least for me, I was like, oh, all right, that was actually pretty fun. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you, when you shoot and kill something, the, the animations are pretty cool. Yep. Um, and then it brings you back to your base and you're like, oh no, (laughs) this this is crazy. There's a research facility, um, where you can build and buy items or build and buy different facilities throughout your base right so it has this whole base building element where right. you where you have to upgrade your base to be able to progress you right know, later on yeah you have to build like a an interrogation chamber mm-hmm. and you know something to that can house more scientists so you can research more um and then there's the um wait that was the is that the research lab that i just talked about i can't even remember there's like <laughs> there's a spot for research there's a spot for for um you know, building the facilities. There's a there's the barracks where you upgrade and hire soldiers. Mm-hmm. There's a situation room where you go and have council meetings. There is there's just all these different things, and you're just mm-hmm. looking at it. And but it walks you through it in a way that's like, okay, I can probably handle all this. Yeah. And it just kind of takes you through step by step, and then when you kind of gain more control, uh, you basically go to this this globe and hit search and it searches the globe for different missions Mm -hmm. um and in a sense there are the main story missions that you can take yep um and then there's these side missions where you kind of have more control on what decisions you want to make and that is what keeps countries on your side or not Mm -hmm. um eventually you gain more more soldiers you can you can upgrade uh the soldiers individually rank up and as they get promoted, they get special abilities. Um, you know, the snipers get get certain um, uh, certain shot upgrades, and um, you know, then there's uh, the, one of my favorite ones is the run and gun, where mm-hmm. you can take a turn and then choose run and gun, so you can turn take another turn and then shoot. Right, um, gives you the best opportunity to get as close to the enemies as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some missions throughout. The majority of the missions, I would say, are just kind of search and destroy. Like you're, yeah. There you're, is a little variety, but a lot yep. of the times it is just kill everybody, right? And you're good. Exactly. Um, now, as you go on, there are a few varied missions. One of the ones that's repeated is the absolute worst. I already know where you have to rescue civilians, mm-hmm. as many civilians as you can. Um, and also defeat all of the enemies yep. there. Now, this is where you first meet this particular form of alien mm-hmm. that kills civilians and turns them into zombies. Oh. Okay? Now, oh. it is terrible because, mm-hmm. first of all, it's super difficult. These particular enemies are super difficult, and one unique aspect of the game is, like I said, the soldiers level up individually. Mm-hmm. Once a soldier dies in combat... That soldier is dead. Dead for good. You never get that soldier back. Yep. So if you have your squad together 
and you have like all your top ranks mm-hmm. and you've spent the game ranking them up. They're your strongest. Mm-hmm. You gain will, you gain health, um, like the, you gain skills. Yep. And then they die. You might as well just start over at your last save. Or yeah, if you if you don't have a last save, start over the whole game. It could be a game ending mission, and you have no idea. Right? Yeah, you have no because idea because your save. I mean, it auto saves, but uh, they. I mean, a lot of the hardcore XCOM players are like no saves. You know, I don't think it does auto save. I've had to save manually every time. Oh, maybe it doesn't then. Because the first time I played it, mm-hmm. I played it for two and a half, three hours. And then just shut it off. Oh. And then I had to start all over. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe it doesn't auto Careful with that. Yeah. Um, so that being said, you could totally go into the mission with your best guys. They all die. You fail the mission or whatever, which I think you get a game over if everyone dies, right? Um, I don't even know because every time that happens, I just restart yeah, to my last save. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the good way to play that game. I know everyone's probably cringing right now. but Well, I mean, you have to save at some point. Yeah, I obviously, to keep your progress going. Right. I get the whole, like, not saving thing. Actually, no, I don't. That's stupid. Everybody shut up. I'll save when I want. (laughs) Especially with this game, like, I'm not saying I, like, kill a guy and then save and then kill a guy and then save. I did that at the end. I'm I'm sure. I'm not not afraid to. I'm not saying I won't. Um, But what I've been doing is, like, I go back and upgrade everything. Because even that, there's so many different things you can do at the base to upgrade and and progress. Mm -hmm. So if I, like, do a research project... And then, oh, in the laboratory. That's the other thing I was thinking of. There's like a laboratory, whatever. Um, But if I do a research project, because you'll assign a research project, they'll research or do an autopsy or something on one of the aliens, and then it provides you with a new thing that you can build or buy. Mm -hmm. And if you don't save, and then you die, and you start like over from your save prior to that, you have to do all those little annoying things, like assign a research project. So to me, it's just a waste of time to have to do that again. Right. but back to these hell missions, hmm. when you don't, there are like, I, I want to say 18, are there 18? I feel like there are civilians? 18 civilians or something uh, like that. Does it vary per mission? It must. I feel like I got nine, nine out of, like I got nine and nine died at yeah. one point or something. Well, when you start the mission, it already starts out as like a no win scenario because there are civilians dying right off the bat. Right. You like it sucks. I, I haven't started one where I could save everyone. Right. There's just no way. Yeah, because they're they're all over the map and you don't the thing that sucks is you don't know where the aliens are. Mm-hmm. So the way that you rescue the civilians is just getting next to them. The so civilians. If, so the, the way you rescue the civilians is <laughs> the way you rescue the civilians is just standing next to them. Yep. So if you only have two turns, right? Mm-hmm. And you see an alien that's one turn away from that civilian, but you're two like two moves away from them Mm -hmm. you basically have to use those two turns to get to the civilian and then potentially be unprotected and you might die the next turn yeah or you use one turn to move and then one turn to shoot the alien which will probably not kill it right because the killing system is a percentage-based system right um so it's basically like it rolls the dice and it's like okay you have a 70 percent chance you're gonna hit them right on top of that you don't even know if you'll deal enough damage to kill it right so is it worth the risk to potentially get a critical to kill it to save the civilian Mm -hmm. or do you run save the civilian because (sighs) on top (laughs) this is going deep into it but on top of that if you don't save the civilian it could get controlled in the zombie. Then you have to fight 
two 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 enemies which and the is zombies ten times worse. are no joke no they're not easy they're harder than all of the other aliens and they deal so much damage so much they damage. could one hit all your guys and they can turn your guys into zombies yeah which is <laughs> like what the it's hell? awful so mm-hmm. if you don't and the other thing is you probably won't kill one of those aliens with one turn mm-hmm. because um they're way stronger than all the other ones yep. especially when you first interact with them mm-hmm. um can I've, you shoot civilians when before they're evil I don't know. I'm curious because I don't think so. I don't think it it won't recognize them as a target. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um I'm gonna, unless you shoot a rocket or throw a grenade. That's maybe cuz that could it, it might be a good strategy it to might just be, kill them. Yeah, cuz then as long as you get half or more than half, I think that's the mission like at least half. I definitely got half one time, and mm-hmm. it still gave me a rating of good. Yeah. And so, after good is excellent. That's right. like the highest. Mm-hmm. So they obviously know these missions suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyways, I guess there's not a whole lot more to go into. It's it's really it's a really, really fun game. Mm-hmm. Where I'm at right now, I literally have two options for missions. Mm-hmm. And they both suck. One is a story-progressing mission uh, where... I have to go to a, um, I think an alien ship crashed. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, it makes me feel like it's a big point in the game because the, uh, the, the cut scene to us going into the ship is different than all the other missions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that or a side mission-esque type thing, which is in Mumbai. And if I don't go there, I lose a country. Oh, okay. um, I know because I skipped it once. Yeah. I said, like, I'll, I'll go there later, and mm-hmm. I lost a country. Sometimes it's okay to accept your losses. The thing that sucks is where I am right now, I only have four soldiers because all of my other soldiers are uh, injured. Oh. So I have to complete one of these missions with only four soldiers, and I don't know if it's possible. I, I mean, honestly, I would say skip it, let the guys recover, because it's not... Because you can have five soldiers, right? Or yeah. six, I don't know. What I, I think I can is. have six at this point. Yeah, there's no reason to go on a mission with less than six. And it's very difficult. Yeah. So they're they're each, like, they're each uh, uh, rated on different difficulties. So mm-hmm. a, a particular mission, that's another thing when it's like alien abductions in these three places, one could be easy. One could be very difficult, but mm-hmm. that's the place that has the highest panic. Right. So you have to decide whether or not you're going to go there. I'm trying to keep as many countries as possible. I've lost like one or two. I think by the end of the game for me, I had five countries that really? still were with me at the end. Yeah. Um, I just, cause I had to keep skipping those missions. Just, I couldn't afford to send the guys out. Yeah. Um, because I just, I knew I was getting close to the end of the game anyway so mm. i was like all right i'm just gonna keep going and i yeah. know i'm on the last mission so uh <laughs> i got i think i got like a they rank you at the end of the game too yeah. see i think i got like a c or something yeah um it's probably what i'm on my way to mm-hmm. um, but it's it's not a big deal it's beating the game is an achievement in itself yeah you know? it's, it's what's amazing what's frustrating is the first night when i played through a bunch of them i got to my first council report because mm-hmm. they do these i don't know if those are like that's how they sectioned off the game but the, the council will come through and be like we're seeing value in this program you're doing a great job continue and the uh first one i got an a rating yeah um because i i was just taking every single mission <clears throat> But that was the game that I didn't save, and I haven't been able to get over a B rating on oh, like everyone since. That stinks because so, you get yeah. a nice money boost, uh, right? Depending on your rating, so right. I mean, it's been pretty good, but mm-hmm. I, where I'm at right now is super frustrating. Yeah. I'm like not sure what I'm gonna do mm-hmm. because I basically have to let that that country go because I don't think I'm getting 
through that mission. A very difficult mission at this point in the game with four soldiers, and they're all pretty crappy soldiers because Aww. all my best guys are hurt. Are, are hurt. So when you get hurt in the game, it everything is based on days, which is cool. Um, when you go to the globe and you search, it spins, and there's a counter on the bottom right that says how many days have gone by. And uh, there's a list over there that has everything that's happening within the game based on days. So it'll say two days until your new soldiers show up, three days until this research project project is done, 20 days until the council report. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool because it shows you the time passing by. Um, and right now, all those guys are are injured. So when they get injured, it'll say uh, critically injured, 13 days to recovery, you know, injured minor injuries five days to recovery mm-hmm. these guys are all like two weeks or whatever oh, so, so, so much time and it so only you could get another mission potentially in exactly that, in that that's time. exactly what happened so you know it's definitely you know only going to take a couple days for me to find new missions but mm-hmm. all these guys are out, out of the game so um anyways XCOM enemy unknown it's really fun yeah um, it's definitely, I think it's going to be really frustrating for me to beat it. Cause I don't even think I'm that far into the game. Have you looked on how long to beat? Yes. Uh, ranges from 30 to 55 hours, mm-hmm. which that's not that long. I mean, uh, relatively speaking 55, I probably won't do because yeah. that's talking. I don't know. I'm doing every mission, um, that yeah. I can. Yeah. I remember it took me like 20 or so hours. Yeah. It, it was pretty long. Um, a good gauge for that too is to just look up a walkthrough and then I haven't been able to find a list of the missions. Really? Every time I look up list of XCOM missions, yeah. it just tells me the different types. So like the civilian rescue, mm-hmm. the, uh, the like search and destroy, whatever they're called. Yeah. UFO crash sites. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the main missions is location-wise, it could be different. Yeah. But the mission that gets done is always the same. Right. So, like, uh, you know, the one mission where you had to go and uh, get, like, the... Or capture one of the aliens. Yeah. That location can change a hundred times. It'll always be in the forest, and it'll always be an alien crash ship. Mm -hmm. But the geometry of the level will be completely different right right um so that being said if you look up a walkthrough you can still like it'll say you're at this point in the game where you have to do this in this main mission Mm -hmm. you know um so that's a good way to gauge like to see that's that's what what i was trying to find i love i love to see where i am in the game yes um so i'm i'm trying to figure that out because i just want to know We can look it up after this. Yeah, because where I'm at is so hard. Mm -hmm. I would love to know how far I am. Right, right. If this is if you're in the middle, it only gets harder. There's yeah. I it never got easier. I gotta figure out my strategies, man. Because some of these ones, I'm using my guys who have rocket launchers, Mm -hmm. like right off the bat, and then later it's like the only way to keep the bigger groups of aliens from one game. I spent the entire game. I had my best soldier. She's Mm -hmm. still my best. running at the end i spent every turn running her away from one of those zombie making aliens so because you didn't want to turn around and take the she shot. had one block of health left mm-hmm. she dude the whole time that alien was chasing me but i had two other soldiers but they were on the other side of the map so you had to run her to dude, the chasing me all around the map it probably took me 10 minutes to just get her away and yeah get, but every move it would go closer and closer to her oh. so the whole time i'm trying to get her back to the other soldiers so they could shoot yeah, it. yeah because you could have them set an overwatch so all you have exactly. to do is have it run towards yeah that's Overwatch is super sweet. You mm-hmm. can use um, your turns, one of your turns to move your soldier into a place that 
um, has good view of all of the enemy's moves, mm -hmm. set them in Overwatch, and then any of the moves they make that's within that line of sight, your soldier will jump out and attack them. Yes. It's super sweet. It's super sweet. Yeah. It takes a turn, but it's totally worth it for defense It is worth reasons. it. Wow. I wasn't using it a lot to begin. Mm -hmm. Now I am. Actually, the last time I tried the uh, one of the levels that I'm at now, I... Uh, one turn had four guys on Overwatch. So one of these things came out and they all jumped out <laughs> at once. And it does like a slow-mo uh, uh, cutscene for each one of them. So mm -hmm. it was just like... Switch if we tweet them all. Yeah, just go. That's so cool. It was so cool. And I think it missed like every one. Of but course, yeah. It's... That game screws you over yeah. more than necessary. So, But it's pretty fun. It is. I, th I think it's a great uh, entry point for a lot of people who aren't into tactical yeah. games. Um, yeah. Not saying you have to go play other tactical games. Because you might not like them. Yeah, but uh, this one, I mean, I loved it. I had a great time. There's a sequel, and there's that Mario's uh, Mario Plus Rabbids right. uh, game, which is the same style as that. So. Is it the same company or something? No. Okay, because nope. everyone's been comparing that to XCOM. Yeah, I, well, that was the big thing when the game was revealed. They're like, oh, my God, this is XCOM, but a on tactical Nintendo. tactical Mario game. Yeah. Super um, weird. Um, but it's great. I mean, I, I've played it very little, just just to, like, I just haven't sat down and played it a lot. But it's it's exactly like XCOM, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I'm using XCOM tactics in this game. Oh, you are? Um, but there are different things. Like, uh, so to extend your turn, yeah. you have to uh, run into your teammates um so to like get a bounce off to get oh to, that's so funny. so it's it just has different elements that make it cool so it sounds fun yeah it's a good sounds less brutal it's certainly less brutal i will say there <laughs> my my kids were watching while i was playing at one point and one of the aliens like at first they're just shooting mm -hmm. and it's like if they kill your guy like some blood comes out yeah but it's like older xbox 360 graphics it's not like anything yeah. crazy then uh, we got to the giant spider alien things, mm -hmm. and those pick up your guy and stab something through his face. Yeah. Um, so that must have been fun. Well, Jazz <laughs> was watching. He's four for reference. Mm -hmm. And when that, when he started picking up uh, one of the soldiers, I put my hand over Jazz's face and just pulled him like towards me. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Dad, what are you doing?" And I was <laughs> like, "Nothing. We're having fun." Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and uh because those are pretty brutal yeah yeah. even with those graphics it's like well we can tell what he's doing yeah so. we we know how it's gonna go yeah so. so i don't imagine that happens in mario rabbits no it does not unfortunately mm -hmm. so uh the only thing i can suggest for you mm -hmm. and i mean it helped me when i play is to listen to sonic music that's it you know, it probably is a game that I could listen to something during. Oh, yeah. For me, it was totally a podcast. There's not a game. lot of communication happening. They no. just make noises. It or... requires a lot of focus. So um, if it's... Oh, I'm going to listen to the Doom soundtrack. Uh, interesting thing. Uh, you might not remember Meow, but the soundtrack is very similar to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. soundtrack. The soundtrack of XCOM. That's a weird, co like, uh, correlation. Yeah, it's weird. Because I, I was listening to it, I was like, why does it sound so familiar? And mm -hmm. it sounds like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. soundtrack. I'll have to listen to it. Just look up the XCOM. Maybe we can look it up after. The yeah. XCOM soundtrack. Because there's, like, one key track that plays every time the aliens come out. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this funny little, like, piano lick that happens. When oh, the I aliens, do remember that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's supposed like to be horror. creepy. Yeah, it's horror. It doesn't sound like what I just did at all. <laughs> it's like an X-Files kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. scary. XCOM Enemy Unknown. Yes. Um, I'm going to save my other games for next week. Okay. Because that was a lot of XCOM. And 
It's getting a wee bit later. Oh, it's late for little Brett. Um, well, I have to drive home. You're already home. Yeah, it's true. I don't live far. I though. can fall asleep. Do you have anything else? No, I'm good. All right, we're calling it. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Yes. And uh, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. I want to get us on more platforms. Um, I've been lazy and just haven't done it, but there are plenty of podcasting platforms out there that I haven't put us on. Well, let's do it. I will. Um, also, oh, how would that work putting all the older ones on there? I don't know. Well, if it's just putting, uh, typically it's just taking the RSS feed. And putting it on different pages. Yes. Okay. So, but I'm going to look into it. Yeah. Um, also, follow us on the Keep Up VE, our YouTube channel. Yes. Follow us on Facebook. Um, just look up the Keep Up. Look up the Keep Up. Yes. Keep up with the Keep Up. Keep um, up with the Keep Up. And I guess that's it. Thanks for hanging out with us. Leave us a review, please, on iTunes. That was the thing I was going to say. Leave us a review. Yes, definitely. Those um, help us. Uh, that lets us know people are listening mm-hmm. and gives us an idea of what you guys want to hear. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thanks for anybody who has left a review. Good see. And anybody who will until next week when I forget about you. Yeah. What? I don't know. All right. I'm going to go eat some cookies. Is there meatloaf upstairs? There is. <gasps> Tim's um, hungry. Yeah. So babble real quick. Babbly, babbly. Bye, guys. So one day I want to build a tower, but I don't want it to be taller than any other tower. I want it to be the shortest tower. What do you think the distance of the shortest tower could be? Well, I guess it would be more about height. Eh, length. Width. I want the withiest, but also the heightiest tower that is the smallest. Think about that while you crack it back. Oshtek. Uh, that's, uh, what's his face? I don't know who, who Oshtek is. I bring is. in her? Tap a teammate to tag them in. Oh, sick. Oh, what? you just started the game? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It said tap a teammate, that's why I tapped you. Oh, I get it. You know, tap a teammate. Who's this guy? Um, Harold. Sorian? Who's this guy? I don't know who any of these guys are. Although he looks like, um... What's his face? The robot guy. The red robot guy. Sector? Sector. No. Sector is the yellow guy, right? I don't know. Hey, you got an achievement. Easy, right? First day in the dojo. Leveling up. All, all right. right. Uh, we have started everything. Oh, all right. And cough, cough. Coins with a K. Yep.